السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وشهد أن سيدنا محمد عبده ورسوله All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, inshallah, this week we will be looking at the life of Uthman radiyallahu an. And this will be the first part of the life of Uthman radiyallahu an. And inshallah, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, next week we will complete his life and that will be part two. Hudayfa radiyallahu an. He reported that we were sitting one day in the company of Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu an. And Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu an, he asked us, Who amongst you preserved in his mind? Meaning, who amongst you sitting here in front of me have perfectly memorized the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he spoke about the turmoil, where he spoke about the fitna. And Hudayfa, he said that he can recall this hadith. So thereupon Umar radiyallahu an, he said that you are bold, that you are extremely bold to make such a claim. And he further said, how? So I replied and I said that I heard Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying that there would first be a fitna, there would be a turmoil for a person in regards to his family, to his property, to his own self, to his children, to his neighbors, and the sins which they have committed. And this would all be expiated by prayer, yani salah, by fasting, by charity, by amr bil ma'roof wa nahi anil munkar, by enjoining good and prohibiting evil. Thereupon Umar radiyallahu an, he said that I did not mean this type of turmoil on a small scale but rather what I mean is that which would emerge like the mountain waves of the ocean and then I said O commander of the faithful yani Amirul Mu'minin, you have nothing to do with it meaning you have nothing to do with this turmoil except for the door is closed between you and that turmoil so he said, would that door be broken or opened? I said, no, it would be broken. Thereupon, he said, then it would not be closed despite the best efforts. We said to Hudayfa, did Umar radiallahu an know the door? Thereupon he said, yes, he knew it for certain, just as one knows that night precedes the next day. And I narrated to him something in which there was nothing fabricated. Shaqiq, one of the narrators said that we did not ask Hudayfa about that door. So we requested Masruq to ask him. And so he said, 
or so he asked him and he said by that door it is meant Umar radiyallahu an and this hadith is found in Bukhari so what this hadith is referring to is that the demise of Umar radiyallahu an the martyrdom of Umar radiyallahu an the death of Umar radiyallahu an would see that the fitna or trials and tribulations would afflict the next leader and that was Sayyidina Amirul Mu'mineen Uthman ibn Affan Dhunurrain May Allah be pleased with him Uthman radiyallahu an He was a great sahabi He was the son-in-law of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he guaranteed Uthman radiyallahu an jannah the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he prophesied his martyrdom the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he passed away he was pleased with Uthman radiyallahu an Uthman radiyallahu an as we will see a bit later he married two of the daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As we know, Uthman radiyallahu an, he was the third khalifa of Islam. And Uthman radiyallahu an, he was martyred whilst reciting the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His name and his lineage. Uthman radiyallahu an, is Uthman ibn Affan ibn Abi al-As ibn Umayya ibn Abdul Shams ibn Abdul Manaf ibn Qusay ibn Qilab and he's from the Quraysh tribe he meets the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at Abdul Manaf his mother is Arwa bint Qurais, Ibn Rabi'ah, Ibn Habib, Ibn Abdul Shams, Ibn Abdul Manaf. And as we can see from the lineage, Uthman radiyallahu an, he meets with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from both parents. He meets the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from his father's side and he meets the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from his mother's side as well. Abdul Manaf. His maternal grandmother. His maternal grandmother is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's paternal aunt making Sayyidina Uthman radiyallahu an the son of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's cousin. The birth of Uthman radiyallahu an Uthman radiyallahu an he was born in Mecca to al-Mukarramah six years after the year of the elephant. Uthman radiyallahu an's father he went on a business trip towards Sham and he passed away there. It is said that he was killed by Fakih ibn al-Mughira. Um Hakim bint Abdul Muttalib is the one who said 
to a woman from Quraysh who debated her that I am chaste, hence I do not speak except that which I am taught, meaning that I do not speak unnecessarily. She was a person who kept her cool. She was someone who did not speak unnecessarily. She was someone that would not get upset with people. This we could see in the life of Uthman radiyallahu an as well. And my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, what we find from Uthman radiyallahu an as well is that he did not just meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam through lineage of his mother's side and through the lineage of his father's side, but rather he became closer to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam by what? By marrying two of the daughters of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as we will see a bit later, Am and Um. May Allah be pleased with all of them. Uthman radiyallahu an's kunya, or his agnam. Uthman radiyallahu an was famously known by two kunyas, or two agnams. Abu Abdullah, or Abu Amr. And Abu Amr was eventually, or it became more widely used. Ibn Sa'ad, he mentions in his tabaqat that Uthman radiyallahu an was given the agnuman Abu Amr during the days of ignorance. And after Islam came, he had a son from Ruqayya bint Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam who he named Abdullah. The Muslims thus gave him the agnuman Abdullah. And Abdullah, he reached the age of six years old and he passed away. A rooster pecked him in one of his eyes, which resulted in him falling ill and passing away four years after Hijrah. The Prophet wasallam, he performed the Janazah Salah and Uthman radiyallahu an, he descended in the grave and he buried his son. The most renowned title of Uthman radiyallahu an, a title that all of us is accustomed to, a title that many of us know, and this is Dhu An-Nurayn, the possessor of two lights. He was given this title because he married two daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Imagine. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he marries his first daughter to Uthman radiyallahu an. She passes away. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he marries his second daughter to Uthman radiyallahu an. This was the love. This was the honor that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that he showed and that he gave and that the respect that he showed to Uthman radiyallahu an. Ibn Abdul Bar, he mentions and he says that there is ijma', there is consensus on assigning this title of Dhu an-Nurayn to Uthman radiyallahu an. 
what was the description of Uthman radiyallahu an? Uthman radiyallahu an, he was exceptionally handsome in appearance. Uthman radiyallahu an, besides having outer beauty, he was a person of great character. Uthman radiyallahu an, he was a person of great character as I mentioned and a person who was extremely religious someone that took the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extremely serious Uthman radiallahu an he had a handsome face he was neither short nor was he tall he had a large beard he was brown skinned he had large limbs and he had broad shoulders Uthman radiyallahu an, he would dye his hair and he had tied his teeth with gold strings. Abu Abdullah, the slave of Shaddad ibn al-Had, he says that I saw Uthman radiyallahu an one Friday on the pulpit. He was wearing a coarse adeni trouser which means he came from Yemen. Worth four or five silver coins. He had a scrap goofy sheet and he was slim with a long beard and a handsome face. Abdullah ibn Hazm Al-Mazini, he said that I saw Uthman radiallahu an and I never saw any male or female with a more beautiful face than the face of Uthman radiallahu an. Someone asked Hassan al-Basri, O Abu Sa'id, describe Uthman radiyallahu anhu to us. He said that Uthman radiyallahu anhu was fair-skinned with a thin body and a prominent nose. Uthman radiyallahu anhu had plenty hair on his forearms and his shins and the hair on his beard it reached to the half of his ears. These external features which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had favored Uthman radiallahu an with had a major effect along with his internal qualities of making him a beloved person to other people. As soon as you saw Uthman radiallahu an, your gaze fell on him and you realized in that moment of seeing him that this was a man who was close to Allah Azza wa Jal. When you saw Uthman radiallahu an, you realized that this was a man that you could not wrong. When you saw Uthman radiallahu an, as many of the companions mentioned, and many of the scholars of Islam, they said that your heart would melt, and you would become beloved to Uthman radiallahu an. The next important point that we need to look at, we need to look at the, the household and the wives of Uthman radiyallahu an. And Uthman radiyallahu an, he had more than one wife. All in all, he had nine wives with whom he shared a number of children. The total amount of Uthman radiyallahu an's offspring was 16 nine sons and seven daughters and Uthman radiyallahu an 
he married Ruqayya bint Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Uthman radiyallahu an, he married Ruqayya bint Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Her mother was Khadija radiyallahu an. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he got her married to Utba ibn Abi Lahab. And her sister Umm Kulthum was married to Utayba ibn Abi Lahab. When the verse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was revealed, Tabbat yada Abi Lahab yuwatab. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where he speaks and he explains and he says that may the hands of Abu Lahab be ruined. So Abu Lahab, he said to his sons that I have cut off relationships with you if you do not separate from the daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They complied and they divorced him before before the marriage was consummated. And Uthman radiallahu an was later to marry both of them at two separate occasions. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, here we see that Abu Lahab, he cursed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He spoke ill of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah azza wa jal, he reveals a whole surah. He reveals a whole surah to describe the type of punishment that Abu Lahab will go through. Uthman radiyallahu anhi married Ruqayya in Mecca and he immigrated along with her to Abyssinia. She gave birth to his son in that land who he named Abdullah. Uthman radiyallahu an would be attributed to the son of his in his agreement as we mentioned earlier. However, as we mentioned, the child he passed away and when the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left for the battle of Badr, Ruqayya was not experiencing the best of health. And Uthman radiyallahu an, he stayed behind on the instruction of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So now we need to remember this. That one of the claims against Uthman radiyallahu an that Ahlu Bid'ah or the people of innovation or the Rafidi or the Shia that they bring against Uthman radiyallahu an is this point that Uthman radiyallahu an he never went to Badr that Uthman radiyallahu an that he never fought in certain of the main battles and this inshallah we will have a look at bi'idhnillahi ta'ala in part two of the life of Uthman radiallahu an, which will be next week bi ta'ala. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he tells Uthman radiallahu an, that Uthman radiallahu an, that oh Uthman you need to stay behind and you need to look after Ruqayya. Ruqayya radiallahu an, she passed away the day Zayd bin Haritha brought the good news of the Muslims' victory. After she passed away, the Prophet ﷺ, he marries 
Uthman radiyallahu an, he marries him off to Um Kuthum bint Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She was the daughter of Khadija radiyallahu anha. She is younger than her sister Ruqayya. And like we mentioned, she was married to one of the sons of Abu Lahab. This marriage was not consummated. And as mentioned earlier, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam married her to Uthman radiyallahu an. He consummated the marriage with her the same year. They never had any offspring. And she passed away in the month of Sha'aban, nine years after Hijrah, or the ninth year of Hijrah. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he performed her janazah as well. Ibn Sa'ad, he reports in his tabaqat that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he told Uthman radiyallahu an that after the demise of Umm Kulthum, had I had ten daughters, I would have married them all off to Uthman radiyallahu an. This in itself is a blessing. This in itself shows us the caliber and the status of Uthman radiyallahu an. His status, his manakib. How beloved he was to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that had... I had 10 more daughters, I would have given you Uthman radiallahu an, I would have let you marry all of my daughters. His other wives and his children. Fakhita bint Ghazwan ibn Jabir ibn Naseeb ibn Qais. She gave birth to Abdullah al-Asghar who passed away in infancy. Um Amr bin Jundub ibn Amr from the Azd tribe. She mothered Amr, she mothered Khalid, she mothered Umar, she mothered Maryam and Aban. Fatima bin Al-Walid ibn Abdushams ibn Al-Mughira from the Banu Mahzum tribe. She mothered Walid, Sa'id and Um Sa'id. Ramla bint Shayba, Ibn Rabi'a, Ibn Abd Shams, Ibn Abd Manaf, Ibn Kusay. She mothered Aisha, Um Aban, and Um Amr. Na'ila bint Al Farafisa, Ibn Al Ahwas, Ibn Amr, from the Kalb. She gave birth to Maryam. Um Al-Banin bint Uyayna ibn Hisan ibn Hudayfa ibn Badr. She gave birth to Abdul Malik who passed away in his infancy. And Um Walad, she gave birth to Um Al-Banin bint Uthman. So these were some of the, or these were all of the wives and the children of Uthman radiyallahu an. The next important point that we need to look at is the Embracing of Islam. How did Uthman radiyallahu an embrace Islam and his hijrah? Sayyidina Uthman radiyallahu an, Amirul Mu'mineen, he embraced Islam in the early days of its 
emergence. Some scholars have gone to the extent of saying that Uthman radiyallahu an was the fourth man to accept Islam. He was the fourth man to accept Islam. After Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, after Ali radiyallahu an, after Zaid ibn Harith radiyallahu an, then it was Uthman radiyallahu an. And as we know, Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, the first male to accept Islam. Ali radiyallahu an, the first youngster, the first of the youth to accept Islam. And Zaid bin Haritha, the first freed slave to accept Islam. And then Uthman radiyallahu an. His Islam was at the hands of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu an. Ibn Ishaq, he explains and he says that according to the reports that have reached me, Zubair, Uthman, Talha, Abdul Rahman and Sa'd embraced Islam at the hands of Abu Bakr radiyallahu an and there were others as well. After Uthman radiyallahu an he entered the faith, his uncle Hakam ibn Abi al-As ibn Umayya caught him and he tied him in shackles. And his uncle started to howl at him. And his uncle started to scream. And his uncle ordered him that he needs to renounce. That he needs to say that I am free from the religion of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That I am not a Muslim anymore. And his uncle asked him that you renounce the religion of your forefathers to turn to a religion of new so his uncle wanted him to reject the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Uthman radiallahu an, he says that by Allah, I will never ever leave the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And by this, the uncle replies and he says, until you do not leave this religion of Islam, I will not untie you. So you will stay anti, you will stay tied until you go back to the deen of your forefathers, until you go back to the religion of worshipping idols, until you go back to the religion of worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uthman radiallahu an he said, Wallahi, he took a qasam by Allah Azza wa Jal and he said that I will never ever renounce it. Nor would I separate from the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is determination my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. This is what is determined. That this is what shows us the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And our commitment to the deen of Allah. Like I mentioned previously. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not need us to go out and fight in his path. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not ordered us that we be incarcerated. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not made it such that we lose our families and we lose our wealth and we lose everything for this deen. All that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to do is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala correctly. Unlike the lives of Abu Bakr, unlike the lives of Umar, unlike the life of Uthman as we've seen, unlike the life of Bilal, unlike the lives of Sumayya, of Aisha, of Fatima, we find that they went through trials and tribulations. Many of them lost their lives, the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Many of them 
spent weeks and weeks without food. Many of them lost children. Many of them lost husbands, but yet they were determined to worship one Allah and one Allah alone. They were determined to follow the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in its pure form. So when his uncle realized his determination, when his uncle realized that, you know, Uthman is not going to change, he let Uthman go free and he untied the shackles. The result of this ill treatment that Uthman radiallahu an was going through, this resulted in him fleeing Makkah. And this was his homeland. He loved Makkah. Imagine, you were a Cape Townian, born and bred in Cape Town. And because people start ill-treating you, because people make you go through so much hardship that you need to leave your homeland. And Makkah, as we know, was not ordinary homeland. So was Baytullah, this was the house of Allah Azza wa Jal. And he had to make hijrah along with his wife to Abyssinia. Uthman radiallahu an was of the first individuals of this ummah to migrate with his family. When rumors of the people of Makkah that they accepted Islam, so these rumors came to Uthman radiallahu an that the people of Makkah accepted Islam, the immigrants of Abyssinia they began began to return back to Makkah. Uthman radiallahu an and his family, they returned back with him. Only to see that this news was not entirely true. And the persecution against the Muslims was actually intensified. It has gone worse. And after this they migrated to Abyssinia for a second time. Thereafter they migrated to Medina. When Uthman radiallahu an embraced Islam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he wed his daughter Ruqayya to him. And they both immigrated to the land of Abyssinia on both occasions when they returned to Mecca and immigrated to Medina. When he arrived in Medina, he stayed with Aus bin Thabit who was the brother of Hassan bin Thabit. May Allah be pleased with him. Thus, Uthman radiallahu an, he had the fortune of completing both immigrations. And he was the man of two immigrations, just as he was the man or the husband of the two daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now we're going to start and look at the virtues of Uthman radiallahu an. The virtues of Uthman radiallahu an. Abu Musa, he reported and he said that he was once in the company of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in one of the gardens of Medina. And in the hand of the Prophet, peace be upon him, there was a stick. And he was striking slowly the water and the mud within it. So like a person, he sits on the ground and maybe in front of him, it's a bit of a puddle of water and sandy. So it looks a bit muddy and the Prophet wasallam, like a person was sitting with a stick and he was playing with the water. So a man came at the gate of the garden and he asked permission to enter. The Prophet wasallam, he said open the gate for him. 
He says, open the gate for him and give him the glad tidings of entering Jannah. So I went and behold that it was Abu Bakr radiallahu an. So I opened the gate for him and I informed him of the glad tidings of entering paradise. Subhanallah. And we discussed this hadith in the life of Abu Bakr radiallahu an. Then another man came and he asked permission to enter. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he said to me, open the gate for him and give him the glad tidings of Jannah. So I went and I opened the gate and behold that it was Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu an. So I opened the gate for him and I gave him the glad tidings of Jannah. And then another man came and he asked permission to enter. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was sitting in a leaning posture. So he sat up and he said that open the gate for him and give him the glad tidings of entering paradise with a calamity which will befall him or which will take place. This in itself, my beloved brothers, is one of the things of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One of the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One of his prophecies. That giving glad tidings but also inform him that something is going to befall him, a great calamity is going to befall him. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he knew what that Uthman radiallahu an is going to be martyred. And I, when I went to the gate, I opened the gate and I saw that it was Uthman radiallahu an. And I gave him glad tidings that he will enter paradise. And also I informed him of what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had said about the calamity. Uthman radiallahu an, he said that Allah alone whose help I seek. He did not seek the help of the previous prophets. He did not seek the help of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. No, Uthman radiallahu an. He sought the help of Allah azza wa jal. Also teaching us the important aspect of Tawheed, that when you make dua, that you make dua to Allah and you make dua to Allah alone. The next narration, Anas ibn Malik radiallahu an, he said the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he entered the mountain of Uhud, he stood on the mountain of Uhud, and he was accompanied by Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he was accompanied by Umar radiallahu an, he was accompanied by Uthman radiallahu an, the mountain started to shake beneath him, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he stamped the mountain with his foot and he said, O Uhud, be firm, for on you there is none but a prophet, meaning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There is a Siddiq, meaning Abu Bakr radiallahu an, and there are two martyrs, meaning and referring to Umar radiallahu an, that was martyred by the Majusi, Abu Lu'lu, and also Uthman radiallahu an. This is a virtue as well of Uthman radiallahu an. Aisha radiallahu anha, she reported that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was lying in the bed in my apartment. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was in the household of Aisha radiallahu anha. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with his thighs uncovered. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he sought permission to enter the house. It was given permission to him and he entered and he conversed in the same way with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sitting in the same way with his 
Sa'ibit uncovered. Then Umar radiyallahu an, he sought permission for entering. And it was given to him and he entered. He spoke to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They conversed with one another. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was in the same state. Meaning that his thigh was showing. And then Uthman radiyallahu an, he sought permission to enter Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Prophet peace be upon him's household with Aisha radiallahu anha's household and he entered. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he made or he set his clothes right. Meaning he covered his thigh. And one of the narrators said that I do not say that it happened on the same day Right, so one of the narrators say that I do not, he is not too sure if it happened on this day or another day. But he, Uthman radiallahu an, he then entered and he conversed and he went out as well. Aisha radiallahu anha, she said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that when Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he entered and you did not stir, meaning you did not move, you did not cover yourself. You did not rearrange your clothing in any way. Then Umar entered and you still sat the same. You did not rearrange your clothing in any way. But when Uthman radiallahu an, when he came in, you got up and you set your clothing right. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, should I not show modesty to the one whom even the angels show modesty to? Subhanallah. This is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is Khatamun Nabihin. This is the seal of all prophets. This is Rahmatun lil alameen. This is the mercy unto mankind. But yet he shows that when Uthman radiallahu an comes in, he covered up his thigh. No one had more modesty than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was the most modest person to walk on the face of the earth. But yet he shows respect to his companion. Uthman radiallahu an and he says that should I not cover should I not cover my thigh as the malaika they show modesty to Uthman radiallahu an if this is not a virtue and the, showing the greatness and showing the modesty of Uthman radiallahu an then I do not know what is a virtue of Uthman radiallahu an Anas radiallahu an, he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Arhamu ummati bi ummati Abu Bakr, that the most merciful of my nation is Abu Bakr radiallahu an. Wa ashadduhum fi amrillahi umar. And the most severe of them concerning the matters of Allah is umar. Wa asdaquhum haya uthman. And that the truly the most modest of them is Uthman ibn Affan. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, and the best reciter of the Qur'an amongst them is Ubay ibn Ka'b. And the most knowledgeable of them concerning the laws of inheritance is Zayd ibn Thabit. And the most knowledgeable of them concerning the laws of the unlawful, of lawful and unlawful is Mu'adh ibn Jabal. Thus every nation has a trustworthy person. Thus every nation 
he has a trustworthy person and amina wa inna amina and the trustworthy person of this ummah the ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is abu ubayda ibn al jarrah this hadith is found in tirmidhi so these are just but some of the virtues of Uthman radiyallahu The next important point I would like to look at is his generosity. How generous was Uthman radiyallahu Again, part of his virtues. Uthman radiyallahu he was blessed to be a very generous person. Allah blessed him to be extremely generous. Also, Uthman radiyallahu he never allowed greed to enter into his heart. He never allowed himself to be an extremely greedy person. He always wanted to give charity. He always had an open household and open heart, as we will see a bit later. And this was a quality that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed in many of the companions as well. Uthman radiallahu anhu was owed 50,000 dirhams by Talha. And one day, Uthman radiallahu an, he left to the masjid and Talha met him and he said, your money is ready, so kindly come and collect it. Uthman radiallahu an, he replied and he said, O Abu Muhammad, keep it. Meaning I do not want it and it will assist you in your generosity. You do whatever you want to do with this money. In another narration, Thumama says that I was present at the house when Uthman radiallahu an appeared above them saying, Bring me your two companions who have gathered you against me. So this now takes place towards the end of Uthman radiallahu an's life, his demise. And he said, so they were brought as if they were two camels or as if they were two donkeys. And he said that Uthman radiallahu an, he appeared above them and said, I ask you by Allah and by the Islam, do you know that the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that when he came to Medina, there was no water in it that was sweet except for the well of Ruma. So when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam came into Medina, there was no well except which had sweet water except the well of Ruma. So now Uthman radiallahu an is speaking to them. He's explaining to them, think back. Let us look at history. And he says, so the messenger of Allah, he says, who will purchase this well of rumor and place his bucket alongside the buckets of the Muslims in exchange for better than that in paradise? <coughs> so I bought it with the core of my wealth and today you prevent me from drinking from it? So here we see that Uthman radiallahu an, through his generosity, through his wealth, being an extremely rich person, being an extremely wealthy person, he bought the well of Ruma for the Muslims. 
And then he asked him that you prevented me from drinking from it so that I would have to drink from the water of the sea. They said, oh Allah, yes. He said, I ask you by Allah and your Islam. Another incident. Another story about the generosity of Uthman radiallahu an. Do you know that the masjid, yani Masjid al-Nabawi was insufficient for its people. So the messenger of Allah, he said, who will purchase the land of the family of so and so and add it to the masjid in exchange for better than that in paradise? Uthman radiallahu an. He said that I bought it with the core of my wealth and today you prevent me from praying two raka'ats in this masjid? They said, Oh Allah, yes. And he said, I ask you by Allah and your Islam, do you know that I prepared, this is the third incident, the third story, the third story and one of the greatest stories where he gave his wealth in the path of Allah. Where he said, do you know that I prepared the army of distress from my wealth? They said, Oh Allah, yes. Then he said, I ask you by Allah and your Islam, do you know that the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I'm not going to explain this hadith as we explained this hadith earlier and then Uthman radiallahu an he explains the hadith of when they stood on Uhud and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he stamped the mountain of Uhud. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam this shows us and this teaches us of Uthman radiallahu an this teaches us of how Uthman radiallahu an of how he spent in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How he spent his wealth in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the next important point that we would like to look at is the view of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah regarding Uthman radiallahu an. Regarding Uthman radiallahu an. And Uthman radiallahu an, he is after Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an. Abu Bakra, he mentioned that one day the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, which of you had a dream? A man said, it is I. So he says that, I saw as though a scale descended from the sky that you and Abu Bakr were weighed and you were weighed heavier. Abu Bakr and Umar were weighed and Abu Bakr was heavier. Umar and Uthman were weighed and Umar was heavier. Then the scale was taken up and we saw signs of dislike from the face of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This hadith is found in Abu Dawood. And there are many other narrations that speaks about, as we mentioned earlier, that the hadith of the garden, first Abu Bakr radiallahu an comes and then Uthman. Umar radiallahu an comes and then Uthman radiallahu an comes. So this shows us the order and this shows us the Khalifa of Uthman radiallahu an as well. And this brings us to the next important point which is his Khilafa. And his Khilafa took place after the martyrdom of Umar radiallahu an. And his Khilafa was assumed by or this Khilafah was assumed by Uthman radiallahu an, as I mentioned earlier, after the demise of Umar ibn Khattab, after he was martyred. After Umar radiallahu an, he was stabbed in the mihrab of Masjid al-Nabawi. 
And he placed the responsibility of the Khilafah on the shoulders of six individuals. And we discussed this, or actually we did not discuss this in detail, but we discussed the part of a particular hadith that is found in Bukhari where Umar radiallahu an he told his son Abdullah to go to Aisha radiallahu anha one of the mothers of the believers and ask can he be buried in the household in a household in the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he is buried this was the house of Aisha the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was buried there and then Abu Bakr radiallahu an Umar radiallahu an as we mentioned he would like to be buried there as well and Aisha gives permission and we discussed this hadith last week. So Umar radiallahu an, he says that there are six individuals of the senior sahaba whom the khilafah of the Muslims has to be chosen from. And they were Ali ibn Abi Talib, Uthman ibn Affan, Abdurrahman ibn Auf, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, Zubair ibn, Al- Zubair ibn Awam, and Talha ibn Ubaidullah. Again, they were Ali ibn Abi Talib, they were Uthman ibn Affan, they were Abdurrahman ibn Auf, they were Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, Zubair ibn Awam, and Talha ibn Ubaidullah. These were the six. So when they were finished burying Umar radiallahu an, this unit they assembled. And Abdurrahman said that place the matter to three individuals among you. Zubay radiallahu an, he said that I hand over my right to Ali. So I don't want to be Khalifa, I give my right to Ali. Talha said that I don't want to be Khalifa, I give my right to Uthman radiallahu an. And Sa'ad said that I give my right to Abdurrahman ibn Auf. Abdurrahman ibn Auf, he then said, which one of you relinquishes his right to the Khalifa or to the Khilafa and we will allow him to take the decision. Allah and his Islam will be witness upon him to observe the most superior of them in his sight. Uthman and Ali remained silent so Abdurrahman said to you then give me the right to decide and Allah is my witness that I will not steer away from the most superior of you. They replied in the affirmative. Abdurrahman, he then took hold of one of their hands, meaning he kept the hand of Ali in the one hand and he said that you have kingship of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and enjoy precedence in Islam which you you are well aware of. Allah is a witness over you that if I appoint you, you will most certainly deal with justice. And if I appoint Uthman, you will most certainly listen and obey Uthman. He then spoke to the other person in secret and took the same covenant. After taking this covenant, he said, Raise your hand, O Uthman. He then pledged allegiance to Uthman radiallahu an. And Ali radiallahu an, he did the same. Thereafter people entered the house and they pledged allegiance to Uthman radiallahu an. This hadith is found in Bukhari. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's favor in or favors on Uthman radiallahu an as the Khalifa. During the days of Uthman radiallahu an's Khalifa, 
These were the days of celebration. These were the days that Islam enjoyed honor and divine assistance. There was a great deal of wealth in the Ummah and there was a great deal of happiness. Many places were conquered up into North Africa. Many battles took place in the time of Uthman radiallahu an and Uthman radiallahu an was extremely victorious. The battle of Dhu Khasab, also this was of the last battles to take place in the year 35 and this was the year which Uthman radiallahu an's home was besieged. Uthman radiallahu an's compilation of the Quran. The Quran, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, and this is not a discussion for it as time is running out, but basically the Quran the Quran underwent compilation twice after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in book form. The first time was during the reign of Abu Bakr radiallahu an on the suggestion of Umar ibn Khattab when the Qur'an of the Quran, when the recit the reciters of the Qur'an, they were killed in large numbers in the battle of Yamama. The mission of Zayd bin Thabit compiled the Qur'an in a mushaf which reached completion. This compilation refers to transcribing of Qur'an and writing it in a single mushaf with verses in sequence sufficing on those verses whose recitation to no, are not abrogated, <coughs> substantiating by it by tawatur and consensus. The object of this compilation was documentation of the book of Allah and recording it in a word form in one place in sequence out of fear of losing any portion of it. And how does one lose it? By the death of the bearers and the memorizers of the book of Allah The second compilation took place in the era of Amirul Mu'mineen Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiyallahu an. And there is no third instance. Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman, he arrived by Uthman radiallahu an and the people of Sham along with the people of Iraq were fighting to conquer right two places their disagreement in the modes of recitation got Hudayfa worried because now we need to realize Islam spread this is not just the people of Hijaz Islam is spread throughout the world and people were starting to recite differently people had different lahjas so what happens? Hudayfa radiyallahu an, he says to Uthman ibn Affan, Ya Amirul Mu'mineen, save this ummah before they differ in the book as the Jews and the Christians differed. Accordingly, Uthman, he sent, radiyallahu an, he sent a message to Hafsa, kindly send the manuscripts to us. We will transcribe them in perfect copies and then return them back to you. Hafsa then sent the manuscripts to Uthman radiyallahu an, he instructed Zayd bin Thabit, Abdullah ibn al-Zubayr, Sa'id ibn As, and Abdurrahman ibn Harith ibn Hisham to transcribe it into perfect copies. Uthman radiallahu an said to the three Qurashi scribes, if you and Zayd bin Thabit differ in anything of the Quran, then write it according to the dialect of the Quraysh, since it was revealed in their tongue. They compiled it until they completed transcribing the manuscripts into perfect copies, after which Uthman returned the manuscripts to Hafsa. Uthman sent one mushaf of what they had copied to every province. He ordered that all Quranic material, whether in 
small pieces or in manuscripts or one piece here and one piece there be burnt. This is the second compilation in the era of the Nurain. As mentioned previously, it refers to transcribing what was in the manuscripts compiled in the first round to one complete master Mus'haf, to one complete copy of the Mus'haf, and then copying from this Mus'haf into other perfect copies. And this was considered in the previous specialities mentioned by with sequencing of the chapters and verses, etc., as I mentioned a few moments earlier. The object of this was to put an end to the fitna, which reared its ugly head amongst the Muslims who differed in the modes of recitation. It served to unite the Ummah, to unify the call and to protect the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, and with each copy that was sent, Uthman radiyallahu an, he would send a teacher with him. That Uthman radiyallahu an, he would send a teacher with each copy to the different provinces and they would teach the people how to recite the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Next week, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, we will look at the siege of Uthman radiallahu an. What led to the siege of Uthman radiallahu an? What led to the martyrdom of Uthman radiallahu an? What were some of the causes, etc.? We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashadu wa la ilaha illa astawfiruka wa atubu ilayk.